This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome back to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies talk about international food in the Irish community. We're on season four, guys. How exciting is that? Um, a little bit about our podcast. If you don't know us, if you're new to, to, our, to our podcast, we have three types of podcasts, deep dives, staple chats, and conversations. And today we wanted to do a staple chat about one of our favorite topics to discuss and for some of us eat, which is cake. So we're going to talk about cake. So first of all, May, tell us a little bit about Cake. When were the first cakes, like real proper cakes, not flatbreads? Yeah, because, you know, exactly. So right? what are we because talking about when we talk about cake? Maybe we should define that first and then there's say no definition. The <laughs> there's no real definition. And so um, I think that, you know, in, you know, in like the Romans and the Greeks had, you know, sort of these, quote, cakes that would be sweetened with honey or, or cheesecakes, <laughs> cheesecakes, like the Chinese even had meringues. But when you're talking about this idea of cake and you're dumping a bunch of eggs and you're using that to leave in flour and putting a lot of sugar in it and it's so outrageously luxurious that probably doesn't come until the 1720s or 30s yeah you needed sugar and they didn't have sugar before and you needed a lot of eggs which were expensive and then of course later on they developed baking powder bicarbonate soda all these things that could um leaven 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 i was gonna i was gonna say that also cake that idea is uh, cake is so outrageously luxurious that when Marie Antoinette famously said, let them eat brioche, it was let them eat cake. Everyone thought it was let them eat cake. She actually said, let them eat brioche, which is a lot less luxurious. Yeah, I but mean, brioche, I love a brioche. Yeah. But brioche, all these yeast cakes also yeah. are a form of cake. I think when you talk about cake, I f- in Spanish it's the same. You have pasteles, tarta. It's, it's not a very, it's a confusing language. Mm. When you say tarta and pasteles, to me, it's very similar, but people have distinctions. In, it's the same in English, tart, cake. Yeah, well, here a tart is something that's filled with something, like pastry on the bottom filled with something, whereas a cake is a sponge, I guess, yeah. essentially. Um, like I wouldn't call, we were just mentioning before we came on, uh, talking about Bakewell tart. It's called Bakewell tart, but it is a sponge with pastry and then the jam on the bottom. But is it a cake or a tart? It's kind of both. I think it's a tart, isn't it? But in Spain, tarta could be a cake. Tarta, and in Latin yeah. America also. So I guess we're talking about cakes that are... Loosely. Butter <laughs> and flour. And like eggs. We find yeah, flour. And eggs. Eggs are yeah, a I mean, agent. Yeah. I mean, I was just um, reminded of pound cake, which is so decadent, right? You have a pound of flour, a pound of sugar, and a pound of eggs, and a pound of butter. Yeah. I was trying to think of um, traditional... Like, what is an Irish cake? Because I suppose, you know, we're thinking of different countries and where we're from. And I suppose one in Ireland, we definitely have the traditional sponge cake, like a Madeira cake is definitely part of the Irish, um, I suppose, staple of cakes. And um, that comes from the Victoria sponge as well, which then is probably from our colonization, the English kind of Victorian sponge. Um, but there are some other cakes in Ireland, the Porter cake. Uh, and also the Gur cake, which I think is a Dublin cake, uh, which was eaten by the poor of Dublin in the 19th and early 20th centuries. It was very seen as like it was very cheap to make uh, by bakers. So that's why it was for the poor. And it was made from stale cake or bread stocks. Um, so but it's definitely I only 
remember hearing about it when I came to Dublin and uh, Theodora Fitzgibbon has a really amazing uh, recipe for it. She's a famous Irish food writer. Um, so definitely to look that one up. But I'm sure anyone listening from Dublin is like, oh, yeah, I ate girl cake the whole time growing up. The other thing I reminded of was brack, which we were mm. kind of discussing, saying, I don't know if a tea brack, which is very Irish, mm-hmm. and that would be seen as a very Irish thing, if that is classified as a cake. I mean, I would think it is. I would think it's a kind it is, of a yeah. bread as well, but it's a cake. I mean, you know, you spread b- butter on it, but it's definitely a cake, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it, that that's what we're saying. The definition is hard, yeah. but yeah, I would say yeah. it's and it in this be, context, it's yeah. a cake. I a mean, brack is definitely very Irish because, mm-hmm. like in American cooking, we would call them quick breads. Mm. Like a brack would be a quick bread. Like a pumpkin bread would be a quick bread. So ginger, you know, so anything that was leaving, you know, mm. but that I would always, but um, but it's cake like. We have a lot of buns. We call them buns. The fancy word for them is probably cupcakes or maybe there's a difference. But like growing up, you know, you would have you would bake a lot of buns in the house. I mean, that's what I feel like when you go to someone's house, they'd have a a biscuit tin and they'd open it up and there'd be buns inside. And they're different things like fairy cakes or um, mammy buns. Some people call them. They're just like Madeira sponge ones. And sometimes they have jam spread on top with sprinkles of coconut. Or sometimes they have they're kind of cut a bit off the top, like the fairy ones with a bit of cream, you know, but that would be a very Irish thing as well. I'd say in Spain, um, I was discussing this the other day on Instagram with um, Elena Jawar Pinar, who is an expert on Sephardic cooking of Spain. And we were saying in Spain, so many cakes, because we don't really like big cakes, we like small cakes, pastelitos. And that's like the little cakes mm. that have like a meringue on top or the egg yolk. But when you go to a traditional bakery in Spain, first of all, you're shocked there's no fruit. You think, what, hold on, we have all these fruit, but all of our cakes are eggs, egg-based. You know, the egg yolk one, which is the tocino de cielo, you have the meringues, and you order little tiny cakes and you go home and have them with your friends and then you have maybe a little like sweet wine or coffee, really strong coffee. And there's that there's a love for those traditional cakes. And all the bakers have the same paper. It's white with blue lettering. It's always like the same, the same, the same. Obviously now we have muffins and cupcakes, but traditionally those would have been the cakes. But I asked somebody, why didn't they have fruit? So I was talking to to this woman and she was saying maybe fruit was associated with poverty. Like, oh, oh, he got the figs because, you know, in Spain, figs just grow everywhere. And whereas eggs was something really glamorous and especially meringue was something very, very expensive. But I find in Spain, if people are celebrating that cake, that cakes are pastelitos and then there's that tertulia associated with it. Um, I was going to ask you guys, um, uh, what is the tradition? Like, when does one eat cake? All the time. So basically, well, I mean, obviously you can eat cake whenever. But I've noticed recently um, I'm married to a Brazilian man, Marcio. um, And since marrying him, I've realized that it is Brazilians are obsessed with cake. I mean, it's really and sweet things. It's very much part of their culture. So I'm not blaming my husband, but um, he adores cake as well. So there's he adores cake, but also it's part of Brazilian culture to have cake for breakfast, to have it a lot of meal times. Um, they adore cake and they adore sweet things. Um, and they would, you know, even their famous pound de queijo, they have like a sweet version of that. Um, which is their cheese bread, but um, they have a sweet, you know, they make the same bread, but kind of with with sweet flavors. Um, but I found since marrying him that we do tend to have 
always have a cake on the go. He loves just a, a plain cake, but also coconut cake. Um, the Brazilians do beautiful coconut cake or I my experience and my the best one I found in Dublin is in Honey Bun Bakery on Mary Street um, it's a Brazilian bakery beautiful they're so friendly in there as well beautiful uh, bakery and baked goods and also you can get other um, sweet breads Brazilian sweetbreads, which are some of them are placid and they have kind of custard on top um, and they're beautiful as well. And then there's also kind of donuts called sunyo, which means dream. And they're like basically custard filled cu- donuts for us to explain it. But they're beautiful. They're much nicer and they taste different. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been eating a lot more cake uh, and for breakfast, which I would if anyone has not tried it, I would recommend it. But maybe then. Maybe in the Irish brack for 11s is, is very much um, something that we would have had yeah. cake for breakfast, but not traditionally. In Spain, I think people have, they don't have such a big sweet tooth, but it is true that the sweets that we do like are very sweet. But um, you know how in Ireland, and this is something that I found shocking when I moved here, um, and my mother-in-law is, she, in, an, in another life, she would have been Martha Stewart in Ireland. Um, she's an amazing baker, jams grows things, you know. But of course, to my husband, that's just like normal. I was like, no, that's not normal, honey. Um, But cake, to eat cake for dessert is something that in Spain would not. It's just very strange. So in Spain, dessert is an orange or rice pudding maybe, but never cake. So in Ireland, sometimes you have a big meal and then you get cake and you're like, what? How am I going to eat this? I think cake should be eaten, you know, and it is in a lot, like I was saying in Ireland, when you go to someone's house and you get the tin, biscuit tin of buns, like it should be something that's kind of had just by itself. Uh, like you have it with tea or coffee or something. But I hate when someone serves cake for, for dessert as well. It's just too much if you're having a big meal. Yeah. But um, but do you eat a lot of cake? I make it for birthdays. I make uh, or staple cake for birthdays is Tres Leches, the Latin American. Uh, Some people think it's only Mexican, but this cake is made all all over Latin America. And it's made with condensed milk and evaporated milk and cream. And we love it. We really like that cake. But it's only a special occasion. May, I wanted you to comment on Chinese cake. tradition of eating cakes with savory because that's also something in the same way you don't have cakes for dessert in Spain in China you're eating and then you're having cake at the same time with dim sum yeah it's dim sum and again um, as I have uh, frequently said I'm not completely up on Chinese etiquette (laughs) I just know that when I'm in a dim sum table and someone else is ordering we'll have cake with all the rest of the things but then I was then thinking about this uh, when we were talking about this, and I was like, "Is it all that different from afternoon tea?" No, no. Right when you get cake and sandwiches, cake and sandwiches, and some people go for the cake first and then nibble on a sandwich. So Can I think just it's take very a, similar. Just take a moment about afternoon tea. I don't get it. Oh, I, I mean, love it. I love I know, it. I'm not saying I don't like. As in, I like it. I have done it, but like I don't get it. As in the concept, like what? Well, yeah, like you've just nailed. You know, hit the nail on the head there. Like, why is there tea, like sandwiches and cakes all at once? Little tiny fingers of, of sandwiches. Where does that go? Is that an English thing? Where does it's it come a, it's from? An it's an English thing, yeah. 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 But it's, it's just a rich English tradition. And it's just, it's such fussy food that someone else has made for you and it's delicious. Yeah. One of the best ones I've had in Ireland is in the Intercontinental in Dublin. Oh my God, it's so in good. And you can do a gin paired afternoon tea. It's so good. Yeah. 
I was when I was uh, at Cordon Bleu. I had to do a stash for three months in Claridge's hotel, and they made me cut the sandwiches. Oh, no. And that looks easy, but it wasn't. It was my worst nightmare doing the sandwiches. But at least I got I got to eat all the leftovers that I didn't cut properly. I um, forgot to mention when we was talking about um, Brazilian cakes um, that our friend is Anna Fork, and she actually wrote a recipe for our blog recently. Um, on spicebags.ie which you can check out and it's for a Brazilian cornmeal cake and it's called Bolo de Fuba I hope I pronounced that correctly and it's a beautiful recipe it's basically um, she said the cake is is synonymous just with like comfort food in Brazil and I have never made it but I was showing it to Marcio and I was saying right this is the next one I'm going to make to see what it's like he said it's beautiful and he said eaten so much in Brazil yeah that that cake with the guava paste is I love guava paste. It's like a quince, um, so so delicious. So moving on, can we talk a little bit about cake baking failures? <laughs> because I think that's one area where there's a lot of bogus recipes out there. What do you guys think, or do you always make perfect cakes? God no. I mean. I'm pretty. Uh, These are a very good cook and a baker. So I'm a pretty good baker. I can I just say like I'm the type of cook that like I wing recipes quite a lot. Like as in I make them up and things like that. But I you know I'll, I'll follow it once and then I'll wing it the next time. But with baking, I feel like I'm an accidental good baker because I do tend to try and wing them a lot. But um, and you can't with baking. You have to be very precise. So I have had disasters. Um you know, adding too much sugar and it kind of explodes all over the the oven and things like that. But mm. I mean, I think you have to, when it comes to baking, use a trusted source for a recipe. And I think that's the key. I don't think you can just be Googling your fav- insert favorite res- uh, ingredient here and the word cake and then look up all these and all these things pop up. I seem to get the same websites as well. I don't know why. Um, always in my searches and you know you just click on one and try and convert the ingredients and just feel like it's going to work you know that sort of way like if it's just a blog from the other side of the world or something and I've nothing against saying that recipes on blogs don't work I'm just saying if you know it if you know the person who's wrote it the person has tested it it's a personal experience one then fine also I would say be careful about converting ingredients can I just say something that is extremely important is that flowers are different in every country. So true. So when you go to America and you try to make soda bread with normal flour, it's not going to work. It's going to be rock solid. Or if you go to Spain, flowers are different. So just if you're trying to make a cake from an American website, it's going to be very, very difficult to translate mm-hmm. it. But there's, you know, a lot of really good sources. I would say if you're going to invest in some cookbooks, we'll discuss it in a little bit. But that that's good money. If you if you get a good, good baking cookbook, that's going to be something you use. But I wouldn't rely on, on online at all. I wouldn't rely on old recipes either. Like, I don't know, maybe you have an old recipe. It, the flowers are very, very different. So you need to, to make sure you know. And there's a lot of websites that explain the differences. And... It's almost like doing a thesis on on flowers. So just, you know, stick to to people who are like, if you're doing Irish cooking, Doreen Allen Mm. has great cakes that work all the time. So, yeah, definitely look for cookbooks, blogs, websites, whatever sources that are from the country that that you're in uh, or, you know, that you can have access to those ingredients. I mean, I 
for making Brazilian cakes uh, for Marcio, I, I'm lucky that I have there's a really good, you know, a couple of really good websites that I use and I have a cookbook at home um, and you can get the ingredients here. So that kind of goes back to shopping again in terms of there's in the Brazilian shops, you can get the flowers or whatever you need. Um, May, I wanted to ask you, in your house, did you mm. grow up with baking? My mother is an amazing baker. And no, I, yes, really. Yeah. And um, and I was uh, a very anxious cake baker starting when I think when I was about five years old. I and I started with um, and we'll go into her again. But um, this woman called Maida Heater, um, and um, I think because of this perfectionist, anxious baking when I was a child, I I had this. Um, I tried to make this fraisier. Do you guys know that right? Which is the a fraisier, which is a sponge genoise. There's usually, it's a buttercream and there's strawberries. And so mm-hmm. when you slice through, and there's marzipan top. And so when you slice through the fraisier, right, the, the strawberries become like these gorgeous halves. And since I was, I think, maybe when I was seven or eight, I became obsessed with trying to make this perfect fraisier and, um, for a year. And every time one element would fail, like the buttercream would curdle or the cake would break. Or the strawberries would bleed. And I just, um, so I'm, you know, I am rife with cake failures. And I do remember recently, <laughs> I tried to make, because again, because my, my mother is such a wonderful baker, I was, I was trying to bake her a birthday cake. And everything looked so beautiful. And, you know, I popped the sponge layers in the oven. And then I realized I had forgotten to put sugar in the cake. Oh, that's the worst. Or putting salt. Um, can we talk a little bit about cookbooks, baking books? What baking books? You talked about my made a heater. Tell us a little bit yeah. about her. She's a character. She's a doyen from Palm Beach, um, <laughs> and her cakes work. And she's very bossy um, in her. Uh, so I think I would have been um, her book of chocolate desserts. She has the great dessert book and the new great dessert book. And those oh, sorry, the, she died already. She died at 102. Two. Yeah, oh. and um, so... Very much a Palm Beach doyen. I think she was very much of a snob. Um, it comes through in her, the way she instructs you. Um, yeah. And I remember in her in, in her introduction, she said, you may think that you can take a shortcut, but you can't because yeah. I know better. So when I tell you to do this, you do this. Otherwise, you will fail. Um, and the other way, um, the other thing I loved about Maida Heater was the way she kept her figure was she would bake desserts and take them to the gym. She is a character. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> they did, I, I I think, did they do a play about her? I don't know. I just think she's a fascinating. I, I remember eyeing that cookbook when I was a, a teenager and always wanting to have it, but I didn't get it till I was older. But yeah, um, I would say for me, I love Mary Berry. Before Mary Berry mm-hmm. was big, um, I love Mary Berry. And can we say that if you're going to get a baking book, make sure the person is middle aged. I, I do find that that is, you know, wow, you've been baking for how long? Maida, uh, Maida Heater started her career when she was 58. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mary Berry is also somebody when that she published her cake mm-hmm. book. She was older. I think cake is something that I am looking for. <laughs> experience maybe with other food I'm like oh he's young great you know like inventive but for cakes I want security and white hair is 
a sign of experience. White hair, sometimes frosted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, hers are fail safe. I feel like if I want to go to, whether I've forgotten how to make sponge cake or anything, Mary Berry's the one. In Ireland, like you said, Darina Allen, I think mm. is amazing. You know, Myrtle as well, the old Ballymaloo cookbooks. Um, I do bake a lot of Nigella Lawson's as well. I find hers really good. Um, and also, I have to mention, I'm, I'm probably always promoting him, but he is my friend. Graeme Hertridge just brought out a cookbook called Bake. Um, you can still get it in all good bookstores. Um, but basically, Graeme is the cup, cupcake bloke. That's what he how his, his brand that he grew. But they have a bakery in Rialto where you can actually go in and buy all of his baking stuff. But Graeme is someone who's not middle-aged, but who is an amazing baker. I mean, actually... But he's not 10. And also, <laughs> the other thing is that he's not actually a he is a baker but he wasn't trained as a baker he was trained as a chef but it was just that he had a love of baking from growing up like you were saying May almost like he was baking from a very young age with his granny his mom, loads of women in his life who inspired him and taught him how to bake and then he just added his and I think that's what his edge is as well is that his he's like a master of flavour you know he does cupcakes he does breads he does bracks he does everything but he does them with a real spin uh, his own he's really inspired by flavour through through his travels through his travels I sound so Dublin through his travels and and other his life and he'll kind of do a modern twist on on recipes and I feel like that's where he's really really good and his recipes are fail safe can I say there's two recipes I want to cook from his book yeah matcha mascarpone and white chocolate roulade yes. that's definitely on my list and the next one is gin lemon and fuchsia tart Mm. They his book is absolutely stunning. It's I beautiful. really love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good. He's a very original baker. And I do think it's nice to see someone like that doing you actually it's brilliant to have all of the traditional Irish recipes in one place as well. And then to have like if you want to do a modern twist on them and to give you the confidence to put a twist on a recipe that you know inside and out. You know, if you have a sponge cake or anything that you make all the time, sometimes you're worried about the chemistry of messing around with a, re- a, bake- a baking recipe. But Elise Graham's kind of helps you with that. Um, I also uh, have to say that he, one of the things I love when I go into the bakery is his Mikados. So he makes kind of nostalgic, I suppose, biscuits that we all grew up with in Ireland and you know, bourbon creams and custard creams. And he does his own version of them. But his Mikados are absolutely amazing. Not cakes, but... Definitely. We should do an episode on biscuits, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the question now is, what if you were a cake, <laughs> what cake would you be? You have been dying to ask yeah. this I know. I just Can think- I say I think I'd be a a cake made with no flour and very bitter chocolate. <laughs> no, I said that there has to be coffee in the And block. coffee. There's got to be coffee and, in and the maybe, yeah. There yeah. definitely has to be restrictions, though, yeah. like the, the no flour, like yeah. for sure. No flour <laughs> and very, like, 85% um, chocolate, cacao chocolate. May, what cake would you be? We couldn't figure one out for May. Um, I actually I actually Like said an upside-down cake. Mm, upside down cake because I was going to say that the cake that I would be is my one of my least favorite cakes which is red velvet just because it's such a weird cake and because it <laughs> uses vinegar and cocoa powder and it turns it bright red yeah, which does happen one, to yeah. be you know so it's kind of like chemistry and it's and strange, cream cheese cream top. cheese and from the states and um, so yeah I said red velvet I was thinking about this, but I was like, I couldn't think of of what I would be. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on that. But I was, uh, think, I was thinking that you would be like, 
I was wondering if um, the sort of the almost the, like the vanilla, like the outwards vanilla cakes, but with a kick to them, like something. Outwardly like, vanilla with a kick. I yeah, like that. Right, right. So like, you know, I think I think Maida Heater had a, a recipe for some like lemon cake with mace. You know, it's like something like that would be a de-laughing cake. I think a strawberry it. shortcake. Oh, oh. no. Oh, oh well, that's only because yeah. I wouldn't like the cake. But um, <laughs> or what about I was thinking, well, maybe it's not a cake and I didn't bring it up. But scones. I mean, obviously in Ireland, we eat a lot of scones. A British thing again. Would I be a scone? No. I feel no. like something you have to spread something on. No, no. you wouldn't be a scone. No. Oh, but anyway, yeah. if you have any ideas, yeah. please email or, <laughs> or text maybe, us. Or maybe, yeah. a, maybe a dense okay, cake. <laughs> I feel like that's I what I am today. All of us are dense cakes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I wanted to just, uh, there's there's a fabulous book. Um, it's called Cake, A Global History. Mm. Uh, and one of the quotes in the book is fantastic. And I thought you guys would would love this. Cakes are very strange things, producing a range of emotional responses far out of keeping with their culinary significance. They are simultaneously utterly unnecessary and absolutely crucial. You can't properly have a birthday or a wedding without a cake. And this is by Nicola Humble. It's a great book. It's a great line. Yeah, it's a great line. Well, two lines. And can I just also just back to Maida Heater and cake failures? Um, she had this thing about demons. She went to see the great Jewish writer, um, I.B. Singer, and he was talking about this idea of demons and how demons are always in our lives and they will spoil everything. And she realized that with recipes and cakes, it could be demons. <laughs> Love it. So she, you know, so she said, oh, you know, there was, you know, I, I would do this recipe, I would print it and everything, you know, all the measurements, everything would be absolutely fine. Everybody would be writing and going, it's terrible. And I could not figure out what had happened. And she said, it's demons. Mm. I made my friend's wedding cake once and I felt like there was a demon following me because it was just so difficult. But I will just say this. uh, Never promise to make a wedding cake for your friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it is so stressful. I only did it because she wanted, she didn't want to really, you know, prof- I would say professional, but you know what I mean? Like a really fancy, really professional one. She wanted like what was, I think they're still quite common, like naked cake, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good. She was trying to say, I was like, I'm a pretty good baker. I could do this as your present. And she was like, amazing. And I really went all out <laughs> and I brought her on like, I brought her to the cake cafe on just off Camden Street and, you know, brought her for cake testing yeah, to figure out her flavors that she liked. And then I had like, you know, I really went all that and I was really, really proud of it. But on the day itself and, you know, doing it for the wedding, I just have to say it's it is so stressful. <laughs> never, never promise because it's a big part cutting the cake and everything. It's a big part of the wedding. And you just realize when you get involved in a wedding that you have the potential to ruin someone's memories forever. So don't do it, guys. <laughs> I was going to say a good friend of mine did my wedding cake and um, and I really appreciated it. But yeah, uh, the she's wedding, a pastry chef. She's I a pastry am not. Chef. She's a pastry <laughs> chef. And, everyone's, and I was like, hi, Karen. And everyone goes, don't talk to Karen. Karen has not slept for three days. <laughs> Um, I just want to interrupt our cake discussion um, and before we finish up and go into our last discussion, just to um, remind you that 
our podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest podcast network. And the great thing about it is you can support us and all the other podcasts in the network by becoming a member and signing up to Headstuff. It's only five euros a month and you get access to all the shows, all bonus material. And if it's any merchandise and stuff like that, you can get access to that as well. Um, other shows are not just about food. There's gossip you know, social justice, film, politics, tech. And um, yeah, and, you know, it's just a really great network. We're so proud to be part of it. It's a real community and it's just great in Ireland to see a community and network like this just promoting um, independent podcasts. So please do uh, visit the website headstuffpodcast.com. Come on, sissy that pod. Let's get thickening. Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, sissy that pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right. Whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All Stars. Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. But back to cakes. Back to Betty Crocker. And you know, <laughs> Betty Crocker is a total fictional character. But what do you guys think about cake mix? I'm I'm Be a fan. Honest, huh? I'm a fan. Like as in if you really want to I've used Betty Crocker, I've used other ones. Like I think they they do what they say on the they tin. Work. They work. I mean, the Betty Crocker chocolate one I've used a couple of times definitely. And what I, the reason I bought it was because I wanted to make a cake. I didn't want to have to think about it. I just wanted to be able to make it quickly, conveniently. And I think that's what they are. And I'm a big fan. I think you can get really good mixes as well. Like I think Betty Crocker's is quite sweet. That's the only thing I'll say. Um, but you can get other mixes that are really excellent and bread mixes as well. Just while we're on it. I mean, you can get really good bread mixes. So I, I have to say I'm a fan that makes anything a little bit easier in life. My mom, when she came to America and she was 10 years old, um, she was like, OK, we're going to get Duncan Hines, you know, cake mix. How hard this can this be? So it was her and her sister, they're 10 and 11. And the first thing that they, she remembered was it called for shortening. And they were going, how are we supposed to shorten this cake? So they got like, a ruler. And ultimately, they ended up baking the frosting and um, and trying to make the cake mix um, into the icing. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's a, it's a little, it's a, it's a little, uh, it's a cozy immigrant story. <laughs> I think it's, it's just something um, when you don't know a lot about food or baking and you want to do a cake and, you know, as Nicola Humble said, like cakes are utterly essential. I think, you know, we're not going to judge you if you use a Betty Crocker. I think, you know, it's. It's also magic. It's it's magic. It's like, and if, you know, I do wonder, um, and I have heard this when I worked in Chicago, a lot of people maybe for photo shoots, they use cake box mix, like to make cupcakes because they wanted, you know, that safety that comes from, you know, using a red velvet. Red, red velvet sometimes doesn't work. So they use that for the photo. So, you know, there's a lot of also illusions I was going to say I know baking, yeah. I was going to say that I do know stylists and I know um, other people who will do the cake box just so it can look beautiful yeah they because they always 
they're always perfectly uh, balanced. Um, and then talking about cookbooks, can we remind you we are releasing a cookbook January 26th from Blasta Books. It's called Soups, and we've collected soup. soup. <laughs> we've collected uh, recipes and stories from people across Ireland, and we can you can find it in Blasta.com. Yeah, and BlastaBooks.com. You can pre-order it um, or order it, depending on um, when you go to the website. But um, I suppose in keeping with what we do here in Spice Bags, we've we've spoke to people who were um, on our podcast before or people, friends of ours, colleagues, people who are part of the international community in Ireland. So it's um, there's lots of flavors from around the world. We have Caribbean, African. Colombian. Oh, my God. Danish. Uh, everything like just so many different um, recipes so I think you're going to love it and everybody has a soup everybody does have and everybody has a cake soup yes (laughs) everyone has a cake Um, so but and speaking of which international flavours and things like that let's talk about international cakes and bakeries as well Um, do you have a favourite like international cake or bakery Blanca in, in Ireland I have to say, I do love, um, we, we've talked about this before, the Filipino one that I get in Pinoy Sari oh, yeah. Sari, um, all their pan de sal, the, the, they're like sweet breads. And I love, <clears throat> I love that type of baking like buns, but mm. I also love um, Chinese bakeries and the yes. red beans. Like I love going to Asia market and getting the buns that are stuffed with, with beans that that would be my two I normally buy buns it's funny oh have you been to the Hong Kong bakery the Hong Kong bakery so is good yeah, in Dublin good, sorry yeah. I haven't been it's really really good and there's also that um, Chinese traditional cake place in Stevens Green there's well it's less traditional they, they do the it? sort of the more sort of wobbly cheesecakes the cheesecakes yeah, yeah they do and is um, it Chinese or is it Japanese it's sorry. Chinese Chinese um, it is good though it's good. And then there's also, um, there's the Hollywood, is it Hollywood, Hollyland uh, Bakery, mm-hmm. which oh, is the original yeah. one, um, which is um, by the Liffey. Um, yes. And yeah, yeah. Um, we, and I am a, fo- I'm actually fond of this cake. I'm not fond of very many cakes, but we call it um, Phoebe cake, which means fresh off the boat cake, which means that only Chinese will like this. It's a very, very lightly sweetened genoise. Mm. Lots and lots of whipped cream um, and fruit. And that's sort of, and that's where you would actually order, um, you you would probably order your Phoebe cake from the Hollyland Bakery. Well, I've already mentioned Brazilian bakery Honeybun, but also there's the Sugarloaf on Dorset Street for Brazilian cakes. Um, you can also go to, um, there's Irish bakeries, I suppose, that are doing a lot of international um, influences now because they have bakers from all over the world, like Bread 41 on Pier Street. I feel like they are always, um, they bakers from everywhere now. So it's really, really interesting to see the different breads and cakes that are coming out of there or treats, baked treats. Is that the other classification? Buns. Um, and also down in Kilkenny, we have to mention our own um, Bart and Nicole, uh, they're just absolutely amazing. And congratulations to them because I know they took the award of Supreme Champion at Bloss na Heron, which is the Irish Food Awards, which were just announced um, 
like last year, um, late last year. So um, basically they are the, the supreme champions for the year, but they've, they won all of the bread categories for their sourdough and that as well. They're amazing. But they do lots of really interesting baking down there as well, not just bread. Um, I just love our own bakery. I think it's so cool. Um, there are other bakeries that you love, Blanca? Um, I'm thinking uh, we interviewed uh, Owen Klosky from Bread 41, and that's really close to the podcast studio. So I might be going there after here. <laughs> what is the one that you're always talking about in Dunleary? Strudel? Oh, Strudel, yeah. The, it's a Polish baker and he makes, but I normally buy more breads there, but he makes, um, sometimes he does make strudel, but normally his main um, staple product is uh, sourdough, which is delicious. But there's so many bakeries and it's so exciting. And I think the difference between, you know, industrial supermarket um, cake and really artisanal cake is, you know, you're, you you can you can taste the the difference. You know, it's, mm. it's it's worthwhile to support this for your palate and for the for the baker. Well, um, and that brings us to a lovely conclusion of that episode. Um, I think that we would just encourage you all to f- try and figure out what kind of cake you are, or maybe maybe and then maybe when you recognize that in someone else. You'll know the cakes let us out know. there. Are you a sponge? Are you a genoise? <laughs> Are you a tort? Or something else? Or a tart. Or a tart. I mean, a tart, tart or a tort. Or a tart. <laughs> uh, no, but have fun with cakes. Um, have fun with baking. And please tell us all about it is, is what we would love. Um, we love to hear from you. And let us know what you think of this episode. And we will be putting more cake recipes up on our website. And as always... Our handles on social media are Spice Bags Pod. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can find us there. And our website is spicebags.ie. Thank you so much for tuning in. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.